Because a year and a half later, God has come through. Amen. And knowing that he chose us to do that, knowing that God chose each and every one of you. We're here not by happenstance. Right. We're here because God has a plan for us. If we know it or we don't know it, God has a plan. Amen. He's one of those coaches that he always has a plan for his people. And what I wanted for us to focus on this morning is running the race. Because we've we've been focusing on this week or this week for the whole year is that God is for us. Amen. If God is for us. And the question is always, always, are we going to be for God? Because God is going to be for us. He's shown it throughout history time and time again that he is invested in us. But where does the problem lie at times? Are we going to be invested in God? And my sermon title for this morning is that if God is for us, we will run to win. Amen. Because we don't want to just run. We want to run to win. And if you guys can turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, that's going to be our key text for this morning. Because I love the way that Paul explains how we have to run a race. And that we don't just run the race just to run. Just like how Derek had mentioned, we, it's no just participation. God wants us to run so that we can be victorious like his son Jesus was victorious. Amen. Amen. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, let's pray to God and then we're going to read this scripture. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, I just thank you. I just thank you for seeing fit to give us breath this morning. It's hundreds, it's thousands of people that didn't get an opportunity to wake up this morning. But you have a purpose for us, God. You have a reason for us to take up the oxygen into our lungs and to be able to walk this earth and live this life. I pray as we look into your scriptures that we will be convicted, that we'll be encouraged to run the race and not to just run the race, but run it to win, God. We just thank you for being the wind in ourselves, being able to be our motivation. And I just pray that we all can walk here, walk out of here today knowing that you have victory for those that run your race and that we decide to run your race and not a race of our own. We love you and all this we pray in your son Jesus name. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Are you guys there already? Amen. Let's, Let's begin. In verse 24, it says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Amen. Verse 26, therefore. I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave 
so that after I have preached to others, I myself would not be disqualified from the race. Paul says in verse 24, run in such a way as to win the prize. Have any of you guys ever ran a race before? Raise your hand. Have any of you guys ever run a marathon before? We got a few of you guys. Have any of you guys ever run a 5K? More hands go up. That's the boat that I'm in. I'm in the 5K boat. It was at 3.2 miles. And I trained for it mentally because it was just for hope worldwide. And I was raising money for it. But I'm not a competitive runner. I'm not Derek Vett. I'm not Robert Goodrick. I'm not Will Garcia, who's run a marathon as well. I'm more of a participating member when it comes to running a race. I don't wake up and think, man, I'm going to get this prize this morning because I have prepared. I have got my lungs ready so that they won't feel like fire 30 seconds into the race. In our spiritual walk, we're in a race too, amen? And I love this quote. This story, do do you guys know who the old NFL coach Herm Edwards is? This is a a quick excerpt uh, from him. It says a recent NFL coach by the name of Herm Edwards. We got a slide to show you who he is, just in case you don't know. He once said, you play to win the game. He did this during an interview a a few days after losing a game to the lowly Cleveland Browns. Their record was two and five. So they had two victories and they had five defeats. So they knew very well what defeat felt like. But Herman would later say, as he recounted, this famous interview was done in 2002. He says, you have an obligation as a player, as an athlete at any level, and it doesn't matter what the sport is. When you sign on, you sign on. You prepare that week to go to win. I don't care about your schedule. I don't care about how many people are hurt. It doesn't matter. You owe it to the people in the building and the guys in the huddle to prepare yourself to win. This is profound because he's talking about a sport, right? He's talking about something that's temporary. Most guys retire after three to five years of playing the sport football. But we have something much greater than football. We got a fight that's much greater than a pigskin thrown from the left to the right and to the right to the left. We have the kingdom of God that we're fighting for, amen? We have the kingdom of God that we're racing to. We have the kingdom of God that we're trying to get to heaven so that we could see our Lord and Savior one day. How much more should we be passionate about running this race? How much more should we have a purpose that goes beyond the green, the turf? Herm Edwards said that you owe it to the fans and you owe it to the different men that you're looking in their eyes in that huddle to give your all. What about what we have right here. The different eyes, the hearts, the minds that are in the seat right now, right next to you. We owe it. We owe it to God, number one. We owe it to each other 
to be able to give our hearts and to be able to give it fully. Because our time here is short. Amen. But what tends to happen? As I mentioned before, when I ran that 5K, sometimes we run a race just to participate. And unfortunately, that creeps into God's kingdom as well, right? That we wake up and we're like, oh, man, I need to read my Bible today. I need to pray. So I'll just pray for my food later on at breakfast. I'll pray for my Cheerios, right? But instead of giving our hearts to God and playing the game of life with everything that we have, we go through. We go through the motions sometimes. And I, I was convicted about this. It was a sport. Uh, for, God, for you guys that don't know, uh, many of the men here on staff have taken up the game of disc golf. And for the, do you guys know what disc golf is? Yeah, we got two of you guys. Amen. Okay, there are another two. So disc golf, what it is. Before I came here, I played, I call it real golf. You know, you got the club, you swing, and the ball goes a whole bunch of different places. But in this time, you replace a ball with a disc. Not a Frisbee, but a disc. You have different discs that go far, that go short, that curve to the right, that curve to the left. Because you want it to curve to the left and curve to the right. But I just throw it and the Holy Spirit takes it, it seems that way. <laughs> but I remember the last time we played, it was uh, Derek, uh, Will, we had a couple guys when the Antons were here. I was convicted by it, but in the same sense, I saw that this is just not too important of game to me. We normally pair up. And how we do it, we try to make the teams even, right? Because you don't want one to be lopsided. And uh, Todd Assad is, a, is one of the better players. You know, Derek is good. Will is, is, is very good as well. But Todd, he's been winning. Yeah. So who do they pair Clinton up to? Todd. Because I am the worst player. <laughs> the worst player. So they have the worst with the best. You come together and hopefully we can compete. Sometimes we do. I'm improving, amen. Yes, I was at zero. And now I'm at... Right above zero. Amen. <laughs> but the thing that convicted me, we were putting. We was putting by from here to Steve's here, right here on this front row. We were putting with the disc, and we had a tree right here, and we had some mud right here. And unfortunately, I had some, worn some nice shoes to go play. So I had to count the cost of do I want to stand in the mud and try to make this putt, or will I stand behind the mud and try to make the putt? What do you think I did, Jimmy? You thought I stood in the mud? Amen. That would have been an awesome teammate. (laughs) That would have been an awesome teammate. But instead, I counted the cost. I counted the amount of money I paid for the shoes, and I thought that I am no expert in disc golf. So I stood behind the mud. I threw the disc. And unfortunately, it did not go into the basket. And I remember Todd looking at me. He was like, bro, bro, why are you wearing those shoes, number one? (laughs) And number two, get in the mud and throw it. But I realized at that moment is that this race, this game, 
this game is not that important to me. As much as I would like it to be important, I got my own bag to carry my discs and everything. But this, this is not that important to me. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to our salvation, when it comes to praying day in and day out like Donna had illustrated earlier and recounted for her family, that's something that we're going to be serious about. That's going to be something that we're going to step in the mud to because it's worth it. I'll go into the mud to go get somebody to I'll stay up late. I'll get up early when it comes to one of you guys. Because it's that important. Because God has already laid the foundation of how important it is. But on the other side of that victory. On the other side of where we're trying to fight to bring victory to, you have Satan, right? You have Satan. And in Galatians chapter 6, or Galatians chapter 5, actually, in verse 6, we get a little glimpse of what this race is truly like. Paul says that we need to run. We need to run the race and give everything that we have. Run to get the prize and to run in a way to get the crown. But then you have Satan that we see here in Galatians chapter five, verse six, the second part of six. He says, Paul writes to the church in Galatia, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Satan. Satan is that person. I don't know if you guys. Remember that that guy, or that girl in elementary where every time you erase, they will end up trying to cut you off. Every time you try to race, they'll try to trip you or they'll try to get their elbow in front of you. Did y'all ever have anybody that went to school like that? Yeah. Were you that person? <laughs> Some of you guys might have been that, that guy, or that girl, but you don't have to confess this morning. Amen. Too late. But Satan is looking to be that person where as you're running the race, as you're giving your heart, as you're preparing to cross that finish line. That he wants to get in the way. He wants to trip us up. He wants us to think that, man, do I really need to get into the word of God? Do I really need to call this brother or that brother and and let them know how things are going in my life right now? Am I truly, do I truly really need to run with everything that I have? Do I truly need to run with all my heart, mind, body, and soul? That is what Satan is whispering to us. He's trying to get, he's trying to cut in. What did Paul say? He said, who, who cut in on you? Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? The awesome thing about the kingdom of God is that we have the truth already. Amen. We already have the truth. It's already been established. God has given us the truth through his word. Amen. So we don't have to decipher what it is. But one thing we do have to watch out for is Satan coming in and cutting in on us. And we're allowing him to do so. We don't want to allow Satan to do that. Amen. 
We want to fight. We want to run and we want to run together. But let's look at an example. Let's look at an example because this is real for us. Amen. This is real. The race that we run, the amount of energy that we have to exert to cross the finish line is real to us. And what is also real is that we have an enemy that is trying to cut us off. And I want to go back to first Corinthians. I want to look at this. This passage here in first Corinthians chapter six, because Paul writes in chapter nine to run the race. But that's, you know, halfway through his letter. So what was going on before then? What was happening in the church that he thought? That he needed to let them know that they need to run with everything they have. In first Corinthians chapter six, starting in verse one. He says, is any if any of you has a dispute with one another. Do you dare take it before the ungodly for judgment? Instead of before the Lord's people. Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? Therefore. If you have disputes about such matters, do you ask for a ruling from those whose way of life is scorned in the church? I say this to shame you. It is impossible or it is possible that there is nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers. But instead, one brother takes another to court and this in front of unbelievers. The very fact that you have lawsuits among you means you have been completely defeated already. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong and you do this to your brothers and you do this to your sisters. Paul had to challenge the Christians on taking each other's to court. Taking each other's to court. We already got the Bible. He already told us how to resolve issues. Amen. We take it to the brother. We take it to the sister. If it still don't work, we uh, still don't work. We take another with us to help us out. But what were they doing? Instead of obeying the truth, they went after going after worldly ways. And Paul asked the question. Why not rather be wronged or cheated? I want to camp out here for a little bit because why not be wronged or cheated? Because our pride, because of the respect that we think we do, because of who we are, because of the person that we have made ourselves to become. And instead of being wronged or cheated to take the road of humility, to take the road that I'm going to. Give, I'm going to serve. I'd rather be cheated than for God's kingdom to have a blemish on it. And we think about today. Think about issues that come up. About what this brother said. About what this sister said. What this brother did. Or what, hey, somebody had challenged me to be a great father to my kids. You're like, what? You don't say that to me. I'm a great daddy already. I got a tie to show it, right? But instead of taking it, 
and embracing it. At times, what we do, we get defensive. We let Satan cut in on us and deceive us and to think that, oh, this is about your self-worth. It's not about them trying to help you out. God is challenging us, guys, that unity is more important than anything else. Unity, being able to work through issues, to be able to talk through, to be able to pick up the phone, right? It's some things you can't do through a text message, right? It's some things. Uh, Jimmy Abbott, he had told me one day, he was like, hey, man, I'm a talker. I like to talk on the phone. I want to hear your voice. And how true is that? How many times were you thought everything was okay in a message on Facebook or on text messages? But then when you picked up the phone, you could hear the pain on the other side. And you could hear that this is going to take a little bit more than a LOL or a how you doing. This is going to take us meeting for some coffee because we need to work and we're commanded to work through issues so that God in his kingdom would not have a blemish but because of what we did but so that we can really present this kingdom as glorious, as great, because God's kingdom is glorious and great. Amen. Amen. But how is God for us, we think? How is our good Lord for us? I mean, we can recount many different ways. But in Hebrews chapter 12, when it comes to running a race, we have... Someone that ran a race that already is victorious. And who is that? Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run the, with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer the perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I got a question for you guys. Are you running God's race? Or are you running your own race? Are you running the course that God has carved out for you or are you trying to carve out a road for yourself? And for those that was at the uh, marriage retreat this past weekend, I thought Ed Anton did a great job illustrating this, that when it comes to a train, a train track, that a train, it just don't roll on the street, right? Because it, it can't. It has tracks. It has a set place to go through. And the train may think, man, why am I restricted by these tracks? I want to go this way. I want to go that way. I want to be able to go in water. I want to be able to go in the sea. But no, 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 no. You were designed to be on this track. How much more for us when it comes to following God in his kingdom that we stay on the tracks of life that he has already paved out for us. Amen. Amen. But sometimes what do we think is that, man, I know a better way. You know, I YouTube the way of how to make tracks. I can do it better than God. But no, 
God. God knows what's best for us because we didn't create ourselves. Right. God created us. So who better knows the creation than the creator? So God shows that he is for us by giving us the perfect plan already. The plan of being connected to him like his son Jesus was connected to him. The plan to persevere as Jesus persevered. The plan to endure the shame that sometimes goes into putting ourselves in the back seat and letting God drive. Amen. How are we for God? That's really the true question, right? How are we going to follow God? How we are going to get in and really follow what he has for us. And I love this passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. This is the message version. Listen to this. I don't know how many of you guys have a message version that, uh, Bible that you already that you brought here. But listen to these words. He says, our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. Gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person, attentive to the individual needs and be careful. Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at one another. But look for the best in each other and always do your best to your best to bring it out. He says, warn the freeloaders, encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted. I felt like I've been one of those three in different points in my walk with God. Now, I've been a freeloader that I'm just showing up and I'm like, man, I will let everybody else serve and I'll just be served. I'll be a spectator. We got those that are giving their hearts worshiping. Are we worshiping with our hearts as well? Because so many times we can fall into that where I just want to let other people do. But when we signed up, when we signed up to run this race, we signed up to run the race. Amen. And if you haven't signed up to run the race yet, talk to the person who brung you. Because as Will had mentioned earlier, we need more harvesters, but those harvesters equals runners, too. So if you don't like running, you don't have to run a whole bunch in the kingdom of God. But metaphorically, we do. Amen. But he says, warn the freeloaders to get a move on it. He said, gently encourage the stragglers. Sometimes we fall behind spiritually, right? Sometimes we're just not on top of our game. I remember different times over the last year and a half. I've been reinvigorated by this year by reading through the Bible chronologically this year because it reminds me of how much God has already done in our lives. It reminds me how powerful, how patient, how great and gracious my God is. And I noticed that before then, you know, just straggling behind. You know, I got Derek preaching. You got Will preaching. And every once in a while, I would have to preach. But God called me just like he called each and every one of you, that we have a story to tell. Amen. Amen. We have a life that has been changed or that we want to be changed to be able to tell people. 
So if we will run the race and we run to win, we will encourage the stragglers in reaching out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. How many of you guys felt exhausted spiritually before? We all felt exhausted physically, right? You know, we just sprung forward an hour, so you may be feeling that right now. So I'm about to wrap it up for you, okay? So you won't have to fall asleep. But how important it is for us to help when we're exhausted. Well, I just need a hand. I just need somebody to reach out their hand and help me out. My legs are cramping up. Only thing I can see is my bed back home. I'm running this race, and I'm like, I don't know why I signed up for this. I don't know why. But we have that person to our left, to our right. We have that person that stopped running and come back and say, I got you, brother. I got you, sister. We're going to finish this race together. And let's make sure we're being that for each other. Amen. And then he ends with being patient with one another, being attentive to one another's needs. We're going to need that. Being in a new place. Having people that serve in capacities that they haven't served in before. Number one, I want to give it up to everyone who has shown the heart to truly serve God's kingdom. I mean, we have more than enough volunteers for ushers, for for AV, for kids kingdom. And that's you guys answering the call that God has brought to you. So give it up for yourselves. Amen. But as we continue to serve, what happens? The second to the last point up there. Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, it's going to happen, right? It's a win. It's not an if. When we get on each other's nerves, he said, hey, don't snap at each other. And snap can come in different ways. You're like, oh, yeah, I never snapped at anybody, so I'm good. Snap, slap, punch. You know, cut off people in traffic, fill in the blank. But Paul knew that it's going to be times where we need to exercise even more patience than before. And we're going to need that, guys. We're going to need to be patient with one another. We're going to need to be patient as we continue to run this race that God has marked out for us. And lastly, he says, look for the best in each other, and always do your best to bring it out. That's what I want us to be known for, guys. As the kingdom of God, that we're always looking for the best in people. And I'm not just talking about people that we don't know, right? People at Starbucks or people at Walmart, starting within our homes. That we're looking at our wives, we're looking at our, our husbands, Looking at our children and thinking, man, the best. I want to think the best for them. And that that has been something I shared more than a few times about even my own children and changing my mindset to really look for the best in my little Jasmine and my little Nicholas because they need it. They need their daddy. They need their mom to know they need to know that we're their biggest cheerleader. Because we got the greatest example in God that's cheering for us, amen? Always saying that you can do it. You can finish the race. Just make this next turn, and you have a straightaway for a little while. 
And we have this opportunity to really see the best in others. And we're going to need that. We're going to need that. If we're going to run this race and run it to get the prize, being able to look for the best in each other. Amen. And I close. I want to just read, read this scripture one more time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. It says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize or run in such a way to win the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone that is running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer that beats the air. No, I strike. I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. Brothers and sisters, friends, family, I want to remind us, I want to call, I want to charge each and every one of you guys that are here that God saw fit to let you be here this morning to realize that we're running not to just compete. We're running not to just be a participatory agent in this race. We're running this race to win for God, amen? We're running this race so that we can save ourselves, that we can save our family, that we can save anybody that comes in contact with us. But the way we do that is we run in such a way to win the prize. Brothers and sisters, friends and family, let's remember that we're not just running to, to run. But as Jesus has already marked out the path for it, that we're running the race and we're running the race to win. Amen. 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 Thank you for your time. Man. Thank you, guys. As Derek had mentioned earlier, we'll be here next week. We'll be here the next three weeks and before our congregational service. So we are dismissed. Remember to grab your kids and a special announcement. Once you grab your kids.